Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is. Thank you for joining us. Uh, This is Caroline, one of your hosts. We had some scheduling issues this week, and so we don't have the full editing team as usual. It's Avis running solo. So if the sounds are a little off or a little wonky or whatever, um, please know we'll be back to normal next week and bear with us and, you know, go easy on Avis because we like her and we want her to stick around. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of season two of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Caroline. And I'm Avis. And I'm producer Dylan. And today we're discussing Degrassi season two, episodes nine and ten, Mirror in the Bathroom and Take My Breath Away. In Mirror in the Bathroom, roses are red, receiving them is great. With a little disordered eating, Toby's sure he can make weight. Toby is sick of being a geek, and so he decides to try out for the wrestling team. But he doesn't think that he'll make the team in his current weight class, so he resorts to some drastic and unhealthy methods to drop a few kilos. Over in grade 9, Terry suddenly has tons of cash to spend, which leads Paige to be suspicious that she might be shoplifting. But Terry doesn't have sticky fingers. No, she's got a modeling contract for a nationwide campaign. You'd think that would be enough for her to realize she's gorgeous, but low self-esteem is still in hyperdrive until Spinner comes in with a pep talk for the ages. So I, I feel like for me, the, uh, you know, the Toby plot is so, I actually really like it. Um, you know, I appreciate that one of the randomness, you know, like, oh, Toby's suddenly into wrestling. It's like, he's not really into wrestling. He's wanting to, you know, beef up his image and not just be known for his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that it's like the inciting incident is that he placed third <laughs> in, in the regional like computer competition and no one really gives a fuck. And that's right. like, he's like, damn it. This is the last straw. <laughs> like flips the table and nobody oh, and, uh, ignores jocks. <laughs> and literally what, uh, JT's like, yeah, people care about Brittany taking off her top. Like they don't care about you. They don't care about a nerd competition. Right. And it's, you know, kind I don't know if it's true, but personally, I think it's, it's funny that that's the inciting uh, incident for him. And he's like, naturally, because Sean is being congratulated for being in uh, like placing high in wrestling, he's obviously going to go out for wrestling. Like, it's right. right there. Like, you know. Well, I think probably, too, like, of the sports that you can do in school, mm-hmm. I would say that wrestling's the one Toby's got the best shot at being able to figure out. That's fair. Absolutely. You know? Because he's um, like, yeah, it's like. So he's lucky he it was study. wrestling season and not, he's like, super baseball lucky. season. Right. Because, what I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, out of all those sports, I think it's his best bet is wrestling. So, like you said, he's lucky. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, you know, going to the tryouts, of course, Armstrong is the coach. So, um, he finds out that he's in Sean's weight class instead of the the shrimpy-looking dude who he'd hoped to... (laughs) <laughs> who he'd hoped to wrestle again that little that kid was adorable he's super cute he's so eager he's uh, he's like should we get to it should me and toby get to it and he's like no actually toby's <laughs> toby's with the big boys um 
it's so cute um i like that the the look on his face uh toby's face when he's going like trying to see if he can flip sean or something Mm -hmm. and then sean just literally like right and it's manhandles him and smacks him i feel like i have really consistently noticed with sean especially where toby is involved like Mm -hmm. there's a certain level of like respect that he has for Toby where he's like, okay, this is somebody who for whatever reason continues to choose competing to compete with me in things <laughs> for whatever reason that I'm always going to beat him in, but I'm going to be a gentleman about it. You know, like he's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> he gives funny. Toby a minute to like try and come up with like a strategy or make a move before finally he's like, well, one of us has to do something. Yeah, so. like we got to bust a move. This and is, and spoiler statues. alert: shortly in the episode when Toby makes the wrestling team, you see this shot of Sean, and Sean looks proud of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's still the guy that you know doesn't want to see you lose he's still that guy from the first season so i think that's cool that they kept that about his character um he's gonna do what he's gotta do he's obviously not gonna throw anything for toby but Mm -hmm. i think that yes he's definitely proud of toby for a wanting to go out for the wrestling team but also for once he makes weight in the different class holding his own and everything um the training montage I love it. I love a montage, but I specifically love a training montage. (laughs) Like they're probably only second to like fat, like makeover fashion montages. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I love a training montage, and it's hilarious. (laughs) JT's clipboard, (laughs) right? And JT eating donuts as Toby's like jogging up the steps of Degrassi. Yes. Um, I noticed something though. Towards the end of that, when he's like, oh, three days and I've only lost one pound. Yeah. Y'all measuring in pounds or kilos. I was thinking that. What the fuck is happening with that? Because I can't. They didn't, they were too lazy to convert the weight classes from kilos to pounds. Because I was just like, what the fuck? I'm not, I'm not learning anything that's not, that I don't have to learn. Right? This is America. Like, Um, (laughs) this is Although I can see also because a pound is like less than a kilo. Oh, wait, it says, wait, it says 53 kilos is 116 pounds. Is that yeah, right? That, yeah, I think that sounds about right. I Yeah, no, the conversion really? is weird too. It's like, how many pounds? And I mean, not I think it's 2.2 pounds per kilo. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yep, you're right. 2.205. Is what oh, I'm you got the route. You got the breakdown. I got. They simplified it to to oh five. You got four point six something, four point nine six or something. Um, I so Toby is supposed because he's in the fifty set. What is his starting weight? Fifty five. <laughs> fifty five kilos. Wow. I don't know why I thought that he wouldn't be. He wouldn't weigh that much. I mean, that's not that much, is it? It's not that much, but I don't know. I just, I guess I was thinking like, oh, like 80 pounds. Like, I'm still thinking he's like a fetus, like a, like a zygote. Well, because they all he's look not. like little babies. No. Right. Yeah, no, like, he's not. where he's he like... eventually goes, I guess he just, he's short. He is short. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I, 
tell me to guess someone's weight or age and I will always be wrong. But Oh okay. my god, same. I hate <laughs> both of those games. Yes, me too. So he is in the, originally when he gets weighed, he's 55 kilos and that's 121 pounds roughly. And so when he gets weighed again, he weighs in at 53 kilos. So right. That's 116 so that's, pounds. Right. So that's like seven pounds of weight loss in a week. Yeah, which Armstrong is right. That is a weight like because like even reputable weight loss programs don't guarantee more than I. I feel like it's like the fi- standard is maybe five pounds a week or something. Even fi- if even that's five high. pounds. Anytime I've tried to do something like um one of the like anytime I've tried to do like a yeah, food tracker and it'll yeah, ask you like, like what that. your goal is and most of the time it won't let you put in more than three pounds a week in loss or if it does it's like this is a drastic amount of weight loss and blah 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 yeah um I've done it before with keto but like mm-hmm. But, like, no, seven pounds in one week. I love, too, that Armstrong immediately is like, yo. Yeah, like, anybody that'll We do not be, tolerate this shit. Yeah, we're not, like, anybody that'll be caught, uh, is caught making weight will be cut. Because, like, that's, and I think that that's why it's, like, a, like I like that the episode is automatically, like, as soon as he's Googling, or not Googling at this point, as soon as he's researching on the net, um, <laughs> popular um, wrestlers and, you know, having aspirations at being a, a professional wrestler, there are articles there about making weight and the dangers of making weight. Mm-hmm. And Toby's just like, oh, making weight? Boy, like, oh, little bright. <laughs> and he doesn't know. I feel like he he gets that in his head, but then he doesn't know how he's going to make weight. You know, it's not the natural, he's trying to exercise. It's not working. They go into a corner store and JT warns him, Oh, these aren't chocolate. <laughs> I made that mistake the hard way and they're laxatives. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely like a little light bulb goes off in his well, head. Cause he's like, only you'd be dumb enough to make that mistake. So it's like implying that he's, doing this very intentionally with full knowledge mm-hmm. and of, of his decision starts, making. It starts before then though. Like it's not mm-hmm. as extreme, but like when you see him like jogging with the trash bag on. Oh, right. Yeah. He, that's why uh, he, he tries to make weight through the, through just drastic exercising. And then yeah. when that just doesn't work, he's like, this isn't like, I can't make weight like this which, in the amount of time that I have. Which also like, I don't know. One time I, I've actually done it a few times since, because the, after the first time I was like, oh, actually this is good for me. But one day, because I hated myself, I weighed myself like at least once an hour for a day. Oh my gosh. And I thought that it was going to make me hate myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it actually did was really kind of rework my understanding of like what bodies do in a day. Because, like, every single time I've done it, like, from that time since, yeah, in a day, there's, like, a, one, a three to five pound fluctuation, depending on where you are in your day, what you've been doing, and all of right. that. And, like, so, like, chill the fuck out, Toby. You've lost one pound in three days. Like, when you Actually, wake up tomorrow, it might be two. Right. I appreciate that sentiment because like I you know 
going on social media, you see these videos that are like, oh, what my body looks like at 8 a.m., what my body looks like at 12 mm -hmm. p.m., what my body looks like at 8 at night, you know, like, and I do think those videos are helpful because people, even people who are considered super slender, you know, and they show you what their side profile looks like, like, no, I have a belly too. As soon as I eat, like, there is a fluctuation of like, my right. belly might be completely flat, but then I, I eat or I drink some water or I exercise or whatever, and I look different. Like there's, and I mean, I, I personally haven't done that research of like that self observation of, oh, how does my body look in the morning versus the evening and how, you know, what if fluctuations have occurred, but I think that would probably be. I, I think if you are the kind of person for whom that isn't a potential trigger into right. disordered eating or. Right other like disordered weight related behavior. Yeah, I think it, it can, can be, be really helpful to yeah. just kind of remind yourself that like, like our bodies do so much every day. Yeah. Even if you live a, like a more sedentary lifestyle, like whatever you're doing, your body is doing amazing things all day long. Absolutely. And there are, you know, you can kind of see that through looking at different things. And I think, I think it's not for everybody. I think a hundred percent, if you're not the type of person who that's going to be healthy for, don't do don't it. Don't do, yeah. That's And I think that's definitely, I'm glad that you, I feel like having the that caveat to it because like everyone has different triggers. Everyone, you know, feels differently in regard to their body. Some people don't even have a scale in their house because it's like, nope, I don't even <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> For a long time, I didn't have a scale in my house. And then I was just like, you know, I need to get realistic. And for me personally, I am, I'm only triggered by very specific things in terms of my weight. And, you know, I think for Toby, a big trigger was just trying to exercise and putting forth that effort and not seeing results. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to that because it's just like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to be mindful about my eating, I'm exercising, and I'm not seeing any results. But it should be noted that in Toby's case, he's doing some like over the top you know, like depriving himself sort of shit. And I'm, you know, your body doesn't deserve to be deprived because it's literally working for you all day. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth noting too, like, especially, you know, Toby's only got this eating disorder for like a week or two. Max. He definitely only has this and, eating disorder for and a week And so or two. like certainly, yeah, at some point in disordered eating, your body kind of starts to eat itself. Right. But like at this and then point, you see those it's results. just water yeah. weight. Like Toby right. is just really dehydrated and hungry. Right. Um, it's it's and it's one of the it's like the we're at the mercy of the format type of thing because unlike other you know like a TV show that's an hour or even a film that is an hour and a half has a longer amount of time to plausibly give this character mm. this issue. Like we just saw Toby last episode. We know that he's you know, he didn't have an eating disorder. However, I do think that they they do portray it as w within the medium, you know, mm -hmm. as accurately and as truthfully as possible. Like, I think that, you know, Ashley being suspicious of him not wanting muffins that he really likes and just like, you know, paying attention in that way is a, 
a, a way to speed up the plot because a lot of the times in these plots, there people aren't paying attention, right, to right. what's being uh, eaten. Like you know, the parents weren't paying attention. It was Ashley. Right. It was just like you're not eating, and like <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the kind of thing that like if you want to hide it, and you, you know you can you yeah. slowly kind of make like. Little changes, little distractions, whatever, until, you know, and then people don't notice it until you're, like, dangerously in the throes of it. No, and I I get, like, it is one of the things that, like, can be detrimental, I think, to Degrassi, but I think Mm -hmm. also works, is that, like... I think it works. Yeah, we're going to show an eating disorder in the span of two weeks. Right. But we're going to really focus on it. And I also... We are. I really love that the first time that Degrassi tackles eating disorders, it's yes. a boy having one. The only Me other, too. the only other time I can think of that I've seen, like in like teen shows, a boy having an eating disorder, and I'm sure it's not the only other time. It's just the only time I can think of mm-hmm. was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a storyline in Popular. Oh, what's Popular? Popular was a show that ran for a couple of seasons on WB. And it was about um, this really cool girl and then this lame girl and their parents got married over the summer. So now they're sisters. It's like Leslie Bibb and somebody, Carly Pope. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like a high school show. Um, yeah. It's the first place that I saw Darren Wilden from Pretty Little Liars. Ah, okay. So that's, so we're, um, I and got it a had, It had that guy from Varsity Blues, the bigger guy from Varsity Blues. And there was this, I feel like there's a storyline where he had an eating disorder, but it may have even just been binge eating disorder. So I actually. Minus I was um, really excited that we were going to record this episode um, today because I actually randomly stumbled upon a podcast episode and they covered this Lifetime movie that I was obsessed with when I was in college called Starving in Suburbia, but it's also under the title Thinspiration. And it's basically the premise is a dancer goes on this um, this Thinspiration website. It's basically Tumblr. It's a la Tumblr, but it's not Tumblr. And she gets embroiled in this very quickie eating disorder. And I call it a quickie de- eating disorder because it's about over the course of maybe maybe three weeks. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. That's stretching it a little bit. Um, and you know, long story short, she someone is threatening her from the website and saying, oh, I know who you are. I know all about you. You should get off this website. And it's revealed that it's her brother who is a wrestler who is also being very heavily controlled with his eating by his father, by their father. And it's, you know, that's a, it's like the B plot of the mm-hmm. movie. And, you know, the uh, it mirrors a lot of the episode. I think the people who wrote this, <laughs> who wrote this movie were watching this episode because there's literally a scene where the wrestler mm-hmm. uh, collapses in the middle of the meet and nobody realizes that he's dead spoiler alert for this film he's dead he's been having an elongated eating disorder over maybe a year and his heart gives out yeah and um there's even a scene where the father is told by the daughter like he's he is anorexic he's got an eating disorder and or not anorexic specifically she says eating disorder and it's kind of like jt's part where he's like what he's a boy he can't have an eating disorder and it's like no yeah it's very legitimate and i like that it's you know it's not always having to do with sports but that is a lot of the 
where the disordered eating comes from for a lot mm-hmm. of men and boys. It's because, oh, okay, you need to, you're on a strict regimen. You need to get calories and everything, but it's not focusing on satisfaction. It's not focused. It's focusing on weighing how much food goes into your body and it's very disordered, yeah. but we don't, you know, like having that, like, you know, be the mirror of like, oh, I was just casually watching this. And then I'm like, oh, I know the episode. Well, and I, I know think, that this is like a direct mirror. It's really, I really great film. Really, I just spoiled it. But <laughs> I think for a really long time, like when we talked about disorder, we didn't talk about disordered eating. We talked about eating disorders. And when right. we talked about eating disorders, it was anorexia and it was bulimia. Right. And it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of talk about varying degrees. There wasn't talk mm-hmm. about just pure binge eating disorder. There wasn't talk about- Or even about, the behavior, like or the what goes into or it, like the triggers, it. Yeah. none of it. Yeah, it was very black and white, you know, growing up, it was very much anorexia, bulimia, you know, it's not like now well, I really I do like, think it's generalized eating disorder because disordered eating- is not just falling under those two. Well, and there's also this like misconception of like what eating disorders look like. Like certainly, yes, that like really skinny look can be indicative Mm -hmm. of an eating disorder. But like, if you talk to fat people who have had severe eating disorders, right? And how impossible it is to get treatment because nobody believes you have an eating disorder. Or if they do, they're like, well, it might be okay for a while. When my mom was in high school, my grandmother, my mom wasn't even fat in high school. Like her face was a little round. But my grandmother like was like, well, you could just develop anorexia for like a little while and we'll pull Mm -hmm. you back. Literally, those comments were super prevalent around, you know, like, you know, the diet culture, the soup, like Mm -hmm. the what's that um, that model that's super that was super thin that made being super thin. Kate Moss. Kate Moss. Thank you. The Kate Moss effect and people saying like longingly, like, oh, I wish I was bulimic there. That has been in films. I'm pretty sure that Mm -hmm. like it was you know, saying like, I wish I could have an eating disorder just for the weekend so that I could, you know, get into this or that. In in Never Been Kissed, there's a scene where one of Drew Barrymore's like fake friends is like, that's it. Only water and X-lax until prom. It's like, and calling yourself a heifer like this. And I, I mean, I feel like Degrassi is right in the middle of that like culture and you know and i mean that's why i you know i really think (laughs) that's why it's tacked in with you know the b plot because it's like body image and self-esteem and you know your status in in the world but like it's they're two sides of the similar coin you know growing up a fat girl like and i'm so like it's so cringe to think about now because like as a kid, like they tell you eating disorders are dangerous and horrible for you and horrible for your mental health, but like, yeah, you don't necessarily really conceptualize it. Like as a fat girl, I tried to develop an eating disorder more times than I, than once. Like, same, like, unfortunately, like I put, was put on ADHD medication and as you know, ADHD medication, I was on Concerta and it's baby speed. 
And mm-hmm. I went from a little chubby, you know, I was healthy, but I had a little belly. I went from that to being a stick who did because I didn't want to eat. That was a side effect of the medication. It made me not want to eat because of the speed. And as soon as I went off of that medication around 13 years old, I heavily started trying to diet and not eat. And it was very hard because I like food. Okay. That's a rough time to like go off of a, because like, uh-huh. that's a point in time where like, you're just naturally have more of an appetite because your Correct. body is doing so much. Yeah. And like, you're more likely to like chub out for a minute before mm-hmm. your next growth spurt or whatever, you right. know, or before as like your weight figures out what it's doing in your body or whatever's going on. Yeah. And it's like such a self-conscious time that would suck to go from like, yeah, yeah. it is. It definitely, it was weird. And I mean, I think that it's definitely like the, the span of a couple years makes a difference. You know, like I wasn't thinking about my body until I went off of that medication and then I just naturally started Mm -hmm. eating again and the weight came back and I was like, oh yeah, damn. (laughs) Um, It's been very hard. Can we talk about the super cringy Toby with Nadia and Kendra? He I was hate, high off those laxatives. I oh my gosh. hate when they make Toby like a little baby incel. Brody, yeah. I hate it so much. And they do it so much. And it's not fucking fair to my precious baby Toby. Yeah, the Kendra's face is just like chill. But I like that she's like, she's still into him. She's like, we're going to go yes. cheer you on. He's feeling himself because he's got the little windbreaker on because mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets a windbreaker for being on the wrestling team everybody gets one he is told unceremoniously <laughs> um, like, I, love, <laughs> I love too that like in the in the lunchroom scene when he when ashley confronts him about not eating mm-hmm. you see armstrong is watching him yes yep i um, like that too armstrong really cares you know i think we talk about snake a lot Mm -hmm, Armstrong is also a really good teacher he is he's like and I mean there's a sternness to him that I think that Toby needs but that there's also like okay if something's wrong like I'm I'm gonna be here for you like just Mm -hmm. talk to me and I mean I think that it's because Toby's such a smart kid he knows he shouldn't be making weight but like the fact that Armstrong's not just like in his mind like oh Toby's too smart for that like the fact that he actually tells him like if you're caught making weight you will be cut and then is still really like concerned about him just functioning and I mean it's he he's got well, yeah, we know how he's going to fare in the Shining Stars and everything, but he's a he's definitely a champion for Toby this episode. Him mm-hmm. and Ashley are on it. Like, yeah, I no, like they're, Ashley, they're on Ashley is really great in this episode. And like, she although is. I do want to ask, the fuck is a garburator? Because that's what it's she a, says to him in the cafeteria. She's like, you're normally a garburator. Is that like a garbage disposal? It's a garbage disposal. That's what okay. they call them in other places. I <laughs> I went on, I, I know that through accident, absolutely incidental means. So no worry. Like, <laughs> All right, America hat. Yeah, yeah. And then, and I, yeah. <laughs> so we get to the wrestling match, which I have another question, which is mm-hmm. why the fuck is Armstrong the referee when he's the coach of one of the competing teams? It doesn't make any sense. 
I really think that they're just like, we don't need to hire another person for this scene. We're just yeah. going to, we're just going to go because it's more dramatic. If Armstrong is right on the, like he could just be there anyway. Maybe yeah. the guy who was playing the referee got stuck in traffic and they were like, fuck it. Maybe he got caught your... making weight. <laughs> and they were like, you're cut. You're done. <laughs> and then we wrapped the episode up nicely with Toby having learned his lesson. And I think, you know, JT telling him, oh, Kendra was so worried and everything mm-hmm. and asking about you. Do you really think you're in- invisible uh, yeah. now, Tobes? Which I think I I like how they ended it, um, his plot, because it's not just, you know, JT. There's no chastising of him. It's more like, oh, you think that you're invisible. You think that just because you're, uh, you're known for your brain, that people aren't going to pay attention to you. Jocks, you know, like you're not a jock and you're not invisible. And I, and I love that they ended his plot on that note. Yeah, no, JT's, JT's a good friend in this one too, which is nice. Except when he, in the beginning, when he's, (laughs) when he pushes him to the edge. (laughs) And I like, like, this is the like main focus, you know, because I do like bullet points of the plots. Yeah. um, Just to kind of keep track of stuff. And like, it's so funny. Normally they're kind of balanced, but this one, it's like, I've got probably (laughs) 15 bullet points for the Toby plot and five for Terry, which is fine. Right. It is fine. I, and I mean, like they're doing a simplification of it's a reoccurring, you know, we know Terry's has body and self-esteem issues. Right. And we know that she got the card from Toby's mom in parents day. So in, in the course of that time, Terry has decided to call and get her own agent. And now she is doing modeling work on the low. She's hoping to keep it on the low, but it's very much like a payout of other storylines that we've had. So I appreciate that it's not too much. It's like, I appreciate that they do devote most of the time to Toby, but they still give, you know, well, it's the more important storyline, but I it's do, totally I do more also important. Yeah. think there's some great stuff in the to- the Terry plot line. There is. I mean, why does Paige think that she's, I mean, why is that the first thing that Paige skips to? I always wonder, theft Paige? Like, I don't know. Because, I don't know. <laughs> and then Paige she's like so mean about it right she away. She is. She's like, I'll drop it when you tell me where you're getting the cash. Are you and, like her, the yeah. IRS? Why are you up her butt? Or whatever similar agency and is like, in Canada. Hazel being so offended by the whole thing. She, can you believe her? Like, <laughs> yes. Y'all yes. mind your business. She doesn't want to tell you her financial, her business. I <laughs> love Spinner being like, back the fuck off mm-hmm. um spinner's not playing any of this shit I don't, this episode. I, like, spinner still doesn't like Paige. Paige still doesn't yes. like spinner they're not spinner seems yeah. to like terry i feel like we were robbed of this ship we like, were robbed at gunpoint because <laughs> <laughs> we were robbed at gunpoint i can't with the the fact that he has like the way that he reassures her it's so sweet god yeah no it's so and he's her fan throughout this entire Mm -hmm. episode he's like damn it terry you didn't tell me you were doing big things and yeah i know i love he's like so hyped to be like guys look at terry's ass (laughs) and it is a beautiful 
beautiful shot. It is. They got um, they got her cheekbones. They got the light. Like she's and she's serving fate. Like I I just think that the fact that he he's the one who's like the, the champion for her doing this and mm. it 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 ugh, we were so deprived we're so deprived of them as a wholesome couple because even right. him saying oh her uh, you know again jumping ahead one of the no 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 one of the things oh sorry i'm sorry you go ahead no, I was just going to say jumping ahead to to the confrontation where she's like, don't you like skinny girls? And he's like, mm-hmm. sometimes. But, you know, like, he's, he's being very diplomatic. <laughs> that I noted that I loved, actually, yeah. was she calls herself fat. Mm-hmm. And Spinner does only half of something that's really annoying as a fat girl. Yeah. Which is when you say you're fat and people say you're not you're, fat. You're, you're beautiful. But yeah. he doesn't say you're not you're fat. not fat he said you're he tear, just you're says pretty you're pretty tear you're pretty you're yes. really pretty you're really pretty i and, agree he doesn't like say that. he's it's like i'm fat and it's not i'm fat but right. like right. <laughs> bitch i didn't say i was ugly i said I was like fat. i know i'm not <laughs> like bitch i know i'm obviously not ugly i i'm a model like i know that i'm not ugly but i'm fat and i, right. I do agree like he does not invalidate her he's not like no you're not fat no, come on now. You're not fat. No, you're big boned. Do you you're remember really that? <laughs> you're big boned. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that people have stopped saying that. <laughs> like, I haven't heard it in a while. Um, if you still say that, please try um, to phase it out. But yeah, don't call people big boned. <laughs> don't say don't. you're not fat. You're pretty. And also, for the love of all that is good and holy, do not tell your fat friends you are proud of them for existing as fat people. <laughs> like I like to rock a I like to rock a crop top sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like god damn. I used to have a friend and I still have love for this friend. We're not speaking right now. It'll get worked out eventually. <laughs> but like I'd put on a crop top and she'd be like every single time, I'm proud of you. And it's like I'm not doing oh, anything shit. to be proud of. Like, I am I'm just wearing existing an awesome outfit because I am awesome and hot. Yeah, I'm just existing. My little belly is cute. Sometimes I yeah. draw a face on it. Listen, and I feel like like reclaim the belly. Our bellies are not like I I used to aspire to flat like a flat stomach, not a six pack. I like I wanted a flat stomach my entire life. However. I don't think that my body's built that way. I think that I'm destined to have like a little paunch. I think I've now realized it's kind of cute. I'm, you know, like I am embracing the paunch and I'm also embracing that you're protecting my organs, paunch. Yeah. <laughs> my organs aren't just out here for, for poking. Um, it's, uh. it for me, a big turning point was like, realizing how many like bigger women I find attractive um actually shout out to a local burlesque performer in my area Katniss Everqueer oh Um, I love that name she is beautiful she is talented she is unapologetically and loudly fat yeah and um honestly she was a big big step on my journey towards like loving my own body was like being like oh damn no she's really fucking hot look at that belly yes um absolutely. 
and like I'm glad that that's shifting but like yeah yeah just let people wear crop tops it's Please. not don't make it a thing it's not revolutionary it's just right we're just don't, existing. don't tell me that you're proud of me tell me that my outfit looks cute because it yeah. fucking does I'm fashionable as fuck your outfit is very cute Caroline um no it's not right now I'm in a Walmart sleep shirt first got, of all it's got a little camper actually it is very cute it's i was gonna say it's and, cute like, don't tell trees and shit it's very don't, cute it's cute i do but it's not like the caliber of it's like not outfit a, a, that i yes. can put together right it's not yes but yeah so i love the spinner pep talk we're mm-hmm. fucking robbed and then i love in so that last her. scene when muhammad's giving her shit again mm-hmm and Terry just fucking shines. She's and, like, yeah, I'm plus size, whatever, bitch. I made $500 today. Yeah, like, and then, of course, they got to put him in his little ice cream boy hat. And yeah. it's hilarious. Like, he just looks like derp. And <laughs> it's like, come on now. It was, it, and but at this time, it was very real to make fun of someone for mm-hmm. being fat. Oh, yeah. Now, we love fat people as a society, sort of. <laughs> sort of we're we, we we're getting there it's more like body positivity whatever you've got come with it i love the oh summer body or beach body it's like the beach is gonna get this body summer's gonna get whatever it's, this body. You know, we've definitely seen a big shift but it is There's also a shift. yeah it you is got some, some work also, there's a long way to go, and there's a lot of resistance to it, and there's a lot yes. of like even like like you like okay, I've seen it a lot more so on Twitter since 2016. Conversations about Donald Trump. I guess so. Fuck you- that guy. This is a Donald Trump slander <laughs> podcast. Obviously. And there are a million and one things to trash that guy on. Having a body type like mine is not one of them. And he's never going to see it, but I see it every fucking time, you know? And I think that we still, like, we run into that where, like, people, you know, there's certain things where, like, people, I hate to use the term woke, but, like, the people who present themselves as woke and then when somebody that they don't like comes on the scene you know it's the same as like i have known so many people who don't have a problem dead naming or misgendering somebody that they don't like how often like when somebody is going to jail there are jokes about prison rape it's not okay to misgender or dead name anybody right at least not intentionally it is not okay to make fun of people's body types. And it is not okay to make jokes about rape, regardless of who the butt of the joke is. Like that shit is harmful and that shit makes you no better than than like the people who just like do it free will all the time, you know? Yeah, it's very problematic and I know what you mean. It's definitely like, you know, there's a double standard. I I think that there's, uh, I mean, there's some kind of quote. I feel like I'm paraphrasing a couple different quotes, but it's just like, you know, don't judge a person by how they treat someone that they enjoy. Judge the person by how they treat someone that they don't enjoy, that they don't understand, Mm -hmm. that they don't like, whatever, because that is who that person really is. And it's like, you know, I definitely, I have my own viewpoints. I have my own feelings, but at the end of the day, I try to operate as 
like, would I want someone to do this to me? And I know that's a very basic kindergarten sandbox ass way to go through life, but I find that it's worked out. Um, <laughs> like, I can't, I don't, if I don't want you to do this to me, or if I would like this to be done in my favor, you know, I, I will go out of my way to try to be the change or whatever I want to see in the world. Because it's like, at the end of the day, I don't want someone to do this to me. If I drop something, I would like it and my hands are full. It would be cool if someone picked it up. So I try right. to do the same thing. You know, like if there's just respectability politics that I think a lot of people don't care to adhere to when it's someone that they find unsavory but mm -hmm. that just reveals how much of a child in not even because not to insult a child but you know not being able to see past your own nose and it's like i'm right and these people are wrong so fuck these people <laughs> and you know definitely i it's just a big culture that i think is important to note because terry is steeped in a lot of oh, this is the look. This is what you have to look like to be respected, mm -hmm. to be desired sexually. And she does not look that way. And that is a lot of where, in, because in magazines as well, there were not plus size models. Right. Um, in, in general, like, you know, I feel like Seventeen and Cosmo Girl eventually got there. But I mean, even they still were, though, like I... I live in Vermont. There's not a lot of shopping. There's even less shopping for fat women. Like, and I'm, I'm not just going to shop at Torrid. Okay. I'm not, you can't make me. Um, and so I have to do a lot of online shopping and like, it is so frustrating how many plus size models are just thick. Mm -hmm. They've got like a round face, maybe the tiniest bit of belly, like an eight, a big lunch belly. <laughs> and tits and ass and hips and i'm like where are the I roles at where the right the, i want to know the, what this is going to look like on my body or yes, something like, similar yes and i agree like there's like i think airy is a big mm -hmm. offense offender of this because they make underwear and they have they you know they have recently started doing and i've recently as in maybe the last eight to nine years a body positive campaign where they are trying to represent everybody but mm -hmm. you do see more stylized versions of a fat body you're not seeing you're seeing a sleek airbrush version you know something more realistic would be nice some personally i would love some representation for the fat girls with no tits and no ass um, oh that would be marvelous um, it's so fucking hard for me to buy a bra <sighs> Band sizes are like, I do not understand. Speaking of bras and such, should we mosey on over to the corner? Yeah, the fashion corner. Your it's favorite little, corner. It is my favorite corner. It's a little scant for me today. I'm not going to lie it's, to you. Yeah, no, surprisingly. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to Liberty's pink and green polo when she's doing the morning announcements, just because I 100% had that polo. Yeah. I Absolutely. do believe it came from PacSun. <laughs> I um, love it. I love a Liberty shout out because, um, you know, she is not usually on on this corner. No, especially early on. And if she is, it ain't for anything good. It really isn't. And then I also really liked in that that first classroom scene, the like blue and black top that Emma was wearing. It was like black, like body 
And then the sleeves, it's like a sleeveless polo, and the sleeves and the lapel are blue. Oh, okay. And it looks cute on her. The, like I said, it's scant for me. The couple um, outfits I did identify, though, I liked Paige and Hazel as a duo when mm-hmm. Paige is accusing Terry of fucking shoplifting. Um, it's a, like, she, it's not a sheer, but it's like a zhuzhi type blouse that is... I feel like it has looked like tie-dye inspirations. Like it's not a tie-dye shirt, but there are mm-hmm. tie-dye elements in it. And then she has her little tinted purple sunglasses. The blouse is purple as well. And of course it's a belly shirt. And then Hazel's is like a, a button-up shirt with a black uh, t-shirt under it, or it, it's probably a cami. And it's like, I mean, I think they work as a duo. I don't think that there's anything super like remarkable to write home about but as far as this episode there was not a lot to write home about for me as far as fashion so yeah they're probably my favorite out like the only this episode the only other thing i had was in that scene for a second when terry's sitting there it looks like she's actually looks pretty cute she's got this like dark coral button up over a white cami yeah she's got like a little not quite choker looks like a heart necklace she's got hoops her hair looks great her makeup looks great i was like go terry you look so cute then she gets up and walks i was gonna say carol i'm so glad that you (laughs) i saved it as um in the in the google drive i had like what's this terry in a cute outfit and then jk what are those what because because so she's wearing this denim skirt that's like shin length and then fucking white sneakers it's so it's it's so like suburban mom in the 90s going to pick her kids up from daycare just it's yeah no it's so bad it's not a good look it's literally from the like the it's a profile sort of outfit it's such a cute top she looks so cute she walks away even some jeans would have been better than that, that right? skirt and those shoes. Right. Or like, like, that I don't like an ankle length skirt that much. I mean, it depends like the right skirt, the right skirt, but like make her look like a fucking like Pentecostal ass ankle length denim oh skirt would be better than like, what is the length of this skirt? I hate what, it. It, it, it's I hate it. It shows like her. Yeah. It's very much like Degrassi fashion or fashion Degrassi wardrobe department calling you because I, you know, I need to understand where you are like sourcing these outfits for Terry. Yeah. She is a model now. Please right? dress her like such as such jeez um so but i think with that we've exhausted the fashion of this episode yeah because i think Paige has a repeated barbie doll top and i think she's wearing the same jacket too from a couple episodes ago and that was my only other screenshot so i'm good fashion corner was a little bit disappointing look they can't all be winners they cannot all be winners they can't but, we um, do have a hun count for this episode. Mm-hmm. We've got two. Paige says, okay, hun, we grow tired of your games. You got to spill. When she <laughs> wants to know why Terry has a new coat and a new bag and a new phone and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they see the, can- the ad, 
She mm-hmm. says, Tear, you look fabulous. Han, why didn't you tell us? And those are our Huns. So add yeah. two more to the tally. Now, obviously, it's time for the final segment of this episode. It's uh, Shots Fired. Shots Fired. So my first one is when Toby says he's going to be a jock and Ashley calls him. She's like, okay, jock strap. <laughs> uh and it's toby to ashley again because she asks him Are, aren't you going to eat breakfast and he says no now go back to sipping your blood and leave me alone <laughs> yeah i like the whole toby is like because he calls her vampire at some point too toby's like he does she has transitioned into her goth era so and toby is i like, don't know if wow. we mentioned that in the fashion corner because we just didn't but she's gone, full gloss, she's gloss gone full gloss. She's gone full. She's yeah. She's definitely gone full goth. I don't know if you ever go full goth, but she's gone. <laughs> she's gone. First off, and this is the dirtiest shot fired is Paige. They're looking at Terry's like modeling photos, and she's like, "That mini skirt is so cute. I'd totally wear it if I was a plus." Oh my gosh, Paige! Fuck you, Paige. <laughs> yeah, and then. When Spinner sees Terry's ad and he like comes inside and he's like, Terry, why didn't you tell us? And then everybody's like, what's going on? He's like, come on, I got to show you something. Mm-hmm. And Paige goes, uh, not that again, which is clearly a throwback to weird science. And then my last one was just part of Terry's great little tirade on Mohammed is when she goes, you know, she's like, I made $500 today, blah, blah, blah. And she ends it with, what did you make, ice cream boy? Yes, I actually like, and and I mean, it's not a shots fire, but it's in the line. Her saying, most girls on the planet look like this, so get used to it. And Paige is back there co-signing, like, sure, sure do. (laughs) Like, sure do. Yeah, you better. (laughs) It's definitely like a burn shots fire. Yeah, for as much as Paige is a bitch in this one, she's all right. And take my breath away. Roses are red. Cotton candy is pink. Someone's crushing on Marco, but it's not who he thinks. Sick of waiting for Craig to make a move, Manny asks him out on a date. While she thinks they've had a major love connection, Craig has decided she's too immature for him. And meanwhile, Ellie musters the courage to tell Marco she likes him in the least courageous way possible and the least direct. In all fairness. Um, So yeah, uh, this episode, I feel like I remember this episode so vividly. Yeah, it's one of the iconic, it it starts with that dream sequence. That and like the budget for these dream sequence and like the right, the execution of these dream sequences is fairly impressive. Um, Yeah. (laughs) They're all so good. (laughs) Craig comes in, well, it starts with class where I just want to point out real quick. Because mm-hmm. um, you know I got beef with Sean with Quan uh, and Shakespeare. Yes. That quote is inaccurate. Oh damn! The one she's got up on the board. It's um the quote is if music be the food of love, play on. But she has if music be the fruit. So on oh, no. quit teaching Shakespeare. But I will say I got real nervous for a second because she was talking about C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. and I got real nervous that she was teaching these kids C.S. Lewis, and she definitely shouldn't be doing that. No, she um, shouldn't. But I, I really want to pull her credentials. I just need to. I just need to know Quan what's going on. Um, she's well, we transition from Quan not knowing the quote to the uh, the <laughs> most amazing fantasy sequence. It's real. It's so uh, 
and I mean, I think it's a good like encapsulation of her psyche at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> like she's watching way too many telenovelas, but she's also like still thinking that she's a princess and that mm-hmm. Craig is her, you know, her prince charming and it's just hilarious it's a very sweet bubblegum pink tinted sort of scene (laughs) i love did you notice that um jt is in the background of her fantasy with his pencil in his ear no i see there's like a shot of him before the fantasy sequence starts and he's like kind of digging around in his ear with a pencil Mm-hmm. And during the fantasy sequence, when you see him in the background, that's what he's doing still. And like, I, I, I really love that you noticed that detail because I think that the, the fact that I've seen this episode so many times, I still focus on Craig and Manny in that scene versus being, cause like right. sometimes when you rewatch something so many times, you're like, okay, I can look in the background now and like, examine but they're just I I don't know why it's such a like something I've got to watch every time um yeah no I mean because you do you do the singing is so bad it is Um, and I mean Manny like has so much vibrato she sounds like a chipmunk it's cute (laughs) Um, and I mean it has to you know it has to be the rubber band snapback to reality because the only reason that and like Craig is near her and she's kind of like oh shit (laughs) <laughs> and he's like your your chair's on a cord can you fucking right <laughs> can you fucking move so i can leave your classroom because we're not in the same grade we're i'm just literally popping in the classroom to get something and i'm leaving uh snake and spike are getting married which they have a really short engagement because it's like two episodes later that they're yeah. having their wedding yeah but i digress um <laughs> it's they're like we've the- waited we've waited too fucking long for this shit right? we need to get it popping <laughs> The grade eights making this little like flash animation. They love making those toppers, and it's cute because like they are like, Mister Simpson, there's something wrong with your computer. We think you have a virus. Yeah, have you been? It's all like stressed out and like in his cute little Archie way. And he also asks if JT's been sending him naked, naked monkey butt pictures, naked baboon baboon videos or something. Yeah, all baboons naked. naked. Yeah, um, they should be, unless people have taken shit one step too far. Um, right. Yes, and I'm like, also, secondary question, why are you sending your teacher that? Right. <laughs> why are you on such a, like, a friendly basis to be sending? And I know, like, oh, I saw this wacky thing on the internet was a big thing to do in the early internet. However, right. that is Send your teacher. Send him a home star runner. Like... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please. Um <laughs> but yeah they love making these little e-cards for him they did i think this is like the third time they've done it or and it keeps coming back like the the little oh interactive oh because they made one for when we thought that they were going to graduate and it was like oh we love you mr simpson thank you mr simpson yeah yeah so i think this is the second time but yeah so they are getting married and of course uh emma waits to ask him after she's already done it is it okay right. that i did this <laughs> whatever it's emma it's how she's it's gonna do it. yeah she's do gonna ask think, for uh forginess for do you think permission. That spike being the one to propose is what gives manny the like cur- the, the like idea to ask craig out i think that that's very plausible um 
And I also just think it's like, because even if she had that idea and her personality wasn't set up to where she could put herself on the line like that, I don't think that, but like, I think Manny and Spike are proven to be pretty similar mm-hmm. in like their personality. And I think that Manny looks up to Spike. So I think that's entirely plausible that she's like, Oh, I'm a well, strong, independent woman. Yeah. Let's Can just, I like, just fight. say, too, I love, yet again, Snake not answering a question. Because yeah. Manny's like, what does it feel like to find your true love? And he's just he's like, like, I, I hope don't you know. all find somebody you care yeah. about. Like, yeah. He's like, I'm not doing this shit with you, Manny. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, pass. <laughs> I love, too, when she asks Craig out for the date. And she's just like, Craig, I like I you. I like you. And she's like, oh, shit. I just said that. That wasn't in my head. And right. walks away, like, with her, with her fingers on her temples. And he's like, wait, no. Like, and I really do... I have I have to commend her for the size of her cojones because like damn girl oh, I've yeah, never no. done that and I am 29 years old. <laughs> I have right. never flat out said just walked up to a crush, not like someone that I know likes me back, a crush. You have no idea if that person likes you or not and you're just like I like you. I mean Craig did ask Manny to dance so she's got at least she's some got some Yes, but it's been a while since that. Encouragement. She's gotten some sense of encouragement from him, but to be like, "I like you," Mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? Type of it's like, yes, Manny, you are you are so in the dawn of life, and you've already gotten this big thing out of the way, which is like getting over yourself and and being able to confront shit you want. Mm. It's so hard to get out of your brain and actually say the thing that you want to say. So I love that at 13 years old, this girl's got this shit on lock. And (laughs) she's like, yeah, I'm doing this. And of course, you know, Craig kind of has to just fall in line and react to it versus being the one who's Well, and I think, you know, know, I think- Aggressor. You know, not on par with like how impressed Sean is when Emma's like, actually, I just got my period, bitch. Right. But like, I think he's impressed by the balls there, and he's like, "I think yeah. he is too." I think that's part of why he said. And I mean, I don't think I don't he think dislikes he her. Have, no, he he. But he likes her. her. But I think that it wasn't something he was pressed to pursue. Yeah, he wasn't gonna ask. He her wasn't out. gonna ask her out. I think he, at this time as well, which is why they, you know, later in the episode they parallel with how still naive and young Manny is versus Ashley and how big a difference a year does make at this age Um, that there's still some back and forth between Craig and Ashley he's intrigued Mm -hmm. by her he relates to her they had that scene um where they were describing themselves in the beginning of the the season and you know seeing stars in there because they're like oh kindred spirits we feel similarly whatever like they they already had a little bit of a connection similar to how he has had a connection with manny so it's like kind of i think he would have just ping-ponged in craig fashion and gone back and forth until something tipped he wasn't going to be the one to be like i like you manny and i like um you know Joey ends up being kind of creepy, but he's like, isn't Manny kind of young for you? Yeah. Isn't Craig's <laughs> like, it's only 11 months, which like, yeah, it is. But it again, is, but it's it, one yeah. of those, my boyfriend in eighth grade was a ninth grader. Mm-hmm. And like, 
he was in a completely different like yeah world than i was Absolutely. he also had like three girlfriends as it turned out damn um dude Not one of them lived three. right down the street from me um, brazen as fuck that's so as fuck. wow stacked <laughs> um, <laughs> him up um <laughs> But like he's like yeah, Joey's like AJ, nothing but a number. But yeah, no, Joey, no, don't Joey. don't that 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 has connotations that we no right right. <laughs> no. And like, is it really creepy for a ninth grader to date an eighth grader? I don't think so. I don't think it's creepy. I think just developmentally but I do think that yeah, you're in every places. year. Yeah, every year is a different. And I think that we talked a little bit about it in our previous episode, just about how in high school, you do potentially have 13 going on 14 year olds in the same school as 17 going on 18 year olds. And it's just like, right. That's a big difference. A 13 year old and an 18 year old are miles apart developmentally, not even just physically, but mentally as well. Those years, socially, socially, right. And the thing, right. There's so, there's just a completely different playing field that every year is so important in adolescence at, you know, like you are growing rapidly and it is shown that just like, not that Manny's super immature. It's just, she's not, she's not there yet. She's, Mm. (laughs) she still wants to go to carnivals. I I mean, but relatable, but there's still, I still want to go to carnivals, but I'm not going to be running. I was going to say that bargain basement mall weird. I would never go on any of those rides because they probably fucking lean to the side. They were all made for children. Like I love you know, I describe self-described kid shit. I love it, but I'm still not running around being like, "Oh my god, I love the the, the balloons and the clowns." And it's it's very much like, and oh, <laughs> I love well, that they um, we don't get that the objective point of view, right? We I get their both their versions, so it's just like we don't which are know. Both clearly exaggerated, clearly exaggerated, and it's like I really know that she did not speak in that voice for any part of right. of that of, of that date because she's just trying to appeal more mature she's not gonna do that but i do believe that she did some of the kid shit (laughs) that she is is depicted as doing like being excited about the carnival wanting cotton candy and specifically wanting to you know take a shot at that carnival game like i do think obviously the meat is there but Mm. you know i think it's just demonstrating how much like okay yes i like you but we're not there yet (laughs) like there's just too much difference between us right like i am not and i think that had they gone to the movie it's possible they would have gotten this like she would have gotten a second date because there's only so many things you can do to fuck it up in a I think too though like it it sets the tone for Craig and Manny forever because honestly mm-hmm. Craig is always kind of indifferent to Manny. And I think I think it's a really interesting parallel to the other first date that we've seen which was Emma and Sean. Yeah. Where like a bird straight up shit on Emma and Sean was <laughs> still like I'm, I'm into rolling you. with it. I'm rolling with it, boo. Go change your outfit. Cuz like <laughs> It's a really superficial reason to stop liking somebody, but I can also see at that age being like, being like uh, I'm never yeah. going to be able to look at you yeah, and not see seeing the bird shit, <laughs> you know? But yeah, Craig's so indifferent to Manny. 
and their date does not go well at all. But Manny doesn't pick up on it. She thinks that he's just moody. I get honestly really embarrassed for Manny in this episode. Me too. Uh, when she decorates the locker. And then and then Ashley comes up and the whole GM Foods thing, which like people were barely talking about GM Foods then. Like, let's not look at Manny like she's an idiot. That's not how you win people over to your side on something, Ashley. It's not, but you know how Ashley feels about Manny. Well, but she doesn't yet. What she feels about her is built upon every episode in in reference to Craig. So in this episode, my, my personal feeling is that she understands that this young girl, in her mind, she's a little girl. This little girl has a crush on Craig. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that necessarily she likes Craig. I just think that she's friendly enough with Craig that she's like judging him a little bit for that. Just like that's not tasteful or kind of like she's she's judging (laughs) like that's I guess that's the best thing I can boil it down to she is judging the shit out of their relationship because she's obviously too young and I think that's where that attitude comes from is uh where did this little girl come from type of thing Craig and I do can I can we jump back just a minute because I just noticed something in my notes that I missed oh and Dylan did you have something to interject oh yeah well I was gonna say when we were talking about Sean and Emma's first date like they were very much on the same page they seemed like similar levels of maturity we have very differing levels of maturity between Craig and Manny but Sean should be in Craig's grade. So there's a very similar age difference between Emma and Sean and Manny and Craig. But I think that that really speaks to what we'll find out later about Manny's upbringing is that her parents really are not interested in her becoming a young woman at all. Whereas Emma's being raised by a single mom who's like fairly feminist and like pretty forward thinking i think that's because it's not like she is really too young it's she's just naive because she hasn't been exposed to shit her parents you're exactly right like her parents are like we have no desire to see you mature (laughs) like you could just stay being into powerpuff girls and yes she's super stunted like she's not yeah given that platform to grow up yet and I mean, I don't even think arguably she doesn't get that platform. She's got to take it. <laughs> She's yeah. got to take that shit. <laughs> I should have said something sooner, but I just, a thing that I noticed when Craig was recounting the date mm-hmm. after the first segment is something about the way he's like the cotton candy incident. <sighs> gave me major Ted Mosby vibes. And I, I don't have not watched all Craig, this show, <laughs> but you don't but usually I, hate Craig, but this watch but around there's your... Something, um... there's something, I, I hate Ted Mosby. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I mean, I think in this episode, Craig is so matter of fact mm-hmm. and really... Mm, because I can tell that he's trying to be as like 
level-headed as he can be about it but i also think that someone like that he's been getting things put in his head about how she is a little too young and Mm -hmm. that might just lend to how he sees every little thing that could possibly be considered young or you know adolescent like he is like latching onto and he's like damn it she is too young for me everybody was right well and he says that thing about how she reminded him of his sister sister. which we have to take a moment and acknowledge because (sighs) obvious obvious. in case you did not know which she should i'm sorry uh the actress that plays angie is manny's little sister or is the actress that plays manny's little sister yes alex Um, Steele and cassie Steele. alex Steele is angie obviously cassie Steele is manny they are sisters and so it makes sense that manny reminds him yeah it's a little little easter egg that they wanted to slide in there which they look so much alike as well so (laughs) it's just like well obviously she reminds you of your little sister because they got the same face basically but um Craig tries to kind of let Manny down easy, but she's not really letting that happen. So he has to very blatantly let her down and it's heartbreaking. I mean, even Emma is like, uh, when they're, they have that run-in, their first run-in, um, after she's reaccounting the story to Liberty and Emma, you know, mm-hmm. there's a moment where they meet and it's just obviously not the moment that <laughs> Manny wants and Emma reads the room the very apparent subtext in his lack of you know emoting or even like conversing with her she's like "Mm, maybe you should slow down maybe craig isn't into this you know she is trying because like uh producer dylan you know came in to say i think it like the maturity level that emma possesses is on a different plane than what mm. <laughs> than what Manny possesses currently. So she is not reading the fact that he is just not feeling the vibes. He's right. he's wanting to let her down gently, and she is not picking up on that. Right. And I d- I definitely think that it's like yes, Emma's trying to be a good friend. She's trying to help her, but because you know Emma uh, Manny just walks off from that conversation feeling like oh I have to cheer Craig up, and then you just inter I internally groan from this point onwards. I'm just like oh gosh, I know she's gonna do some shit that involves stuffed animals. Damn it! And what does she do? Some shit involving stuffed animals and glittery signs affixed to his fucking locker. And I mean, in her in her defense, she did wait till the end of the day. He was coming from photography club. So it is not during school hours. So no one was there to see this travesty. Because damn, if he had to do that in the middle of the school day, she would be in shambles. At least it's an empty hallway. He's just coming from his school activity, but he's got a literally okay and i have to mention this part that after ashley leaves wanting uh, from him signing the petition for gm foods manny immediately says i don't think you should talk to her anymore right <laughs> Girl, and you have been me, on one date. You have been on one date with this man, and you were just like, I don't think you should talk to her anymore. Like, frankly, you shouldn't be controlling who your partner talks to ever. Right, Although right. I do, I do certainly think like there's a line. There's a line. There's a like. I recently had a friend break up with a somebody I've been friends with for like 15 years, and it was a 
they brought out the worst in me or I allowed the worst of me to come out in their presence. And like, there's a lot of toxicity and whatever. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until I finally cut the cord that my husband was like, yeah, I have never liked this person. Right. And I'm like, you know, I wish you had said that sooner. Like, that's like, not my friend. <laughs> like, because, like... I do get... And, I mean, I get that wanting to... It's one thing to say, like, oh, I don't want you hanging out with this girl. It's yeah. another thing to say, you know, I don't really like the way you are around this person. Yeah. Or it's even another thing to say, like, it's nothing to do with you, but everything I know about this person mm-hmm. is, like, gives me pause, and I wish that you would take that into consideration. But no. you don't go on one bad date and then be like, you can't talk to this girl that's in all your classes. Now, you know, Manuela Santos does not possess that kind of, you know, reasonable communication. Right. Those reasonable communication skills. Um, it's definitely like a I'm jealous sort of thing. And not even an I'm jealous. She's just she the fact that she takes the initiative to ask Craig out. And then the only reason they go out is because she takes that initiative. And then there is that moment where they're taught where she's talking to Liberty and Emma. And I think it's, I think it's Liberty that says, so you guys are boyfriend, girlfriend now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Emma chimes in, like, have you talked to Craig or something like that? And Manny's like, I don't think I need to. I think that we just, that I just know. And it's like, fuck, Manny, that's not how shit works. Okay. That's not how shit works. That's not how shit works. There's a whole acronym, you know, for defining the relationship. Like we can't, like, this is, cannot be overstated how much you need to continue to talk to this man because he is a 14 year old boy and he is not on the same page as you. Um, Even with grown ass men. Even with grown ass men. I've heard it's, I've heard it's ghetto out here, but um, yeah, (laughs) I definitely feel like it's, it's so like, obviously their two dates are from the most opposite points of view but i think that there's truth in in both of the dates oh definitely. and that's i think that's the point is why we get n- the non-objective viewpoints and i think that for every for the, the the date considered and everything afterwards that craig is probably very justified in feeling the way he feels <laughs> like right. we're just like it's just not clicking steven like we're i'm good on this like and I think he knew that after the date and it's just like the couple things that Manny does as a result of not communicating with him seals the deal for him like Mm. yeah this was bizarre as shit and now I'm even more like thrown off by this so I'm out (laughs) I'm out of this and then we have Ellie and Marco <laughs> this whole okay. storyline is so cringy, and I'm trying to show Ellie more grace. I think, this, I, and I'm trying to trash Ellie more. So, <laughs> um, is a point in the Ellie sucks column. It literally okay. So, like you said, we're we're both trying to look at it from a different point of view. You're trying to be more favorable toward Ellie, and I'm trying to trash her a little bit more. And I've got material from this episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, I tried to show her grace this episode, but I just, like, I get being shy and awkward. Yeah. But she's just so, like, has already made up her mind as to what's going to happen, and it's yes. it's very frustrating. She has, and I think that that's something that's a reoccurring character trait. Um, but she's definitely, like, the fact that she created a whole email 
name like titled see and like the screen part the, the screen name that you could see is secret admirer no it's bad it's bad rhymer sorry i put that in my notes that she's being a secret like, uh, mm-hmm. like the most shady admirer ever and so she's creating this whole email titled bad rhymer and then expecting marco to put it the pieces together and if he doesn't put okay. the pieces together then he doesn't like her to be fair, she's writing these emails in the style of this book they bonded over. So, right. like, it's a little weird that Marco thinks that it's Hazel. Literally, um, I feel like I have a headcanon on this. <laughs> give me your headcanon, and then I need to throw some shade at Ellie. Okay. So, historically, in watching this episode, I always thought that there was no way that Marco did not know that it was Ellie. And now upon rewatch, even though they have that whole little scene in the atrium where they're like, he's like, oh, you know, is it you, Elle? You're the one who's been right. I I think that he was fucking with her the whole time and he knew it was her. And he just wanted her to be the one to say it's me and like own that shit versus just being the hinty hinter Like it, and I think I feel this way because of how much like he, um, Adamo looks like he's about to fucking burst into laughter the entire time. Every, every scene well, I have like, to discuss when you it. See him looking in the Zen garden before he goes yes. out there and seeing that it's Ellie, like he doesn't seem surprised. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't stop um, and like, <laughs> yeah, I think he knows. I think he's fucking with her the whole time just to be like, Elle, have you been the one writing me? And then she didn't make her fucking flee <laughs> he just wanted but to fuck so her. i gotta throw some shade at ellie yeah. I, th- I, I almost thought about this as a shots fired i don't think it's quite that <laughs> but so ellie is the first shot we see of ellie she's reading this book it's a children's book by edward gory and it's like a very morbid alphabet book mm-hmm. um we learned that marco's favorite letter in it is e which is e is for edward who chokes on a peach mm-hmm. and so first off we like we zoom in on ellie and she is like deep deeply reading this book that has one line on the page and like she's studying the picture well and i thought about that (laughs) but it's but like while the art is interesting like it's cool art it's It's not, not detailed it's not like sit and yeah. you know i mean and whatever art's subjective and maybe art, it is for her right but then they're talking about it and she says kwan th- said it's too morbid for a book report and like kwan should have told you she she shouldn't have said it was too morbid because i don't she should have said that that's not that's barely a book ellie there's, it's barely a fucking book substance. what is what is the main idea Right. There's no plot. There's <laughs> what no, is the like, fucking main idea? And how are you going to make like six to nine paragraphs about book that? report? Bitch, there's no way. <laughs> that you like, should be better doing least, Shel Silverstein because like, like at least that has some meat to it. Right. Well, it's like, it's just, it's not what a book report is. Mm-mm. You know, like I could see doing a paper on, you know, a literary and artistic analysis of it or whatever right but it's not a book report but uh, it's not a book report it's not miss kwan mrs kwan continually sets these kids up for failure because yeah. she's not gonna go know how to write a fo- like what what book to pick to write a book report 
And she goes on to be a fucking journalist. <laughs> so right. what the fuck? And, and it's like, okay, I'm trying to show Ellie more grace. They're Maybe not cut making that, but... it easy. They're not making it easy. No, it's very, like, uh, personally... <sighs> I just find it hard. And I mean, it's not like she's not likable. And it's not like her motivations aren't understandable because they are. It's fucking hard to tell someone you like them. And her whole spiel about saying, oh, email is anonymous, afraid of the response. It keeps the, you a step away. I get that. And that's a very, I read books. I'm super into really like astute ways of saying things like that's what the fact that she has that response just yeah, ready to go weird wording and like yeah whatever, it's, whatever. and that's why I'm i remember trying. it but it's just like you know i get i get why you're doing it however i wish that i wasn't annoyed throughout the entire right. arc because it does eventually pay off but she even even once Marco tells her that he likes her and wants to ask her for C, as in coffee, which is cute. Um, she's like, before that, she's like, I'm an idiot. And he's like, no, if you were, would I still ask you out for C, as in coffee? And I'm like, I just want her to have a little bit of self-esteem. And it's not that she, and I really think that people love to call Ellie the pick-me girl. And... I think that people just use that term entirely too much. Um, while I get that this episode kind of seems very pick me esque, I think that it's more just like, oh, the guy I like could never like me versus. Oh, I don't think she's a pick me in this episode at all. I just think she's like embarrassing. I think that people. She's very embarrassing, but I think that that's the one thing I hear about her character is every episode she's super pick me. She's just like has no other substance aside from that. I, I'm like, I, I, I don't agree. Even as like an Ellie hater, I do think there are times when she's a pick me. I don't think that it's as often like that's not right. my main beef with Ellie. I need to develop my main beef with her, but for now it's give just it that, time. Give it for time. now it's just that I'm annoyed. It's almost like like she's not quite having temper tantrums about shit, but like I don't know quite what the word is, but like when when she's like, Yeah, I know you're supposed to meet Hazel. I know firsthand and he's like, Did you send me these? And then she just like kind of awkwardly walks off. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "I don't handle rejection." Well, bitch, he didn't you, reject. He didn't you. reject you. You, you rejected just, yourself. You rejected yourself. Which I get it because you suck. I'd reject myself too. Oh my god! Sorry, and I mean, there I'm is, trying to show Ellie more grace. There is a sort of, and I mean, there's an attachment style. It's possibly, and, and I mean, we need to get into a little bit more of Ellie's background before I can completely make this assertion. But it's more just like I'm going to. I'm afraid of rejection, so I'm just gonna save you the trouble and i'm gonna right. reject i'm just gonna yeet myself into the void to avoid this conversation because she's just she just and i really think she wants to be the kind of person that can be confident in being witty and like and having a connection with someone but at the same time she's like no one could ever like me i'm a fucking idiot but it, that's like oh my gosh it's super Merp in a it's character. It's a really frustrating episode. Yeah, like trait wise, it's like I want more from you because I know that I know that you got more, girl. I know you got right. more in there. As someone who likes the character, this is not a good moment for her character, and it's because I don't. I'm spending most of the time being annoyed versus being sympathetic. Right. That does change. 
hopefully I'll have a little bit more nuance to my <laughs> opinions about her, but I do, there's a couple standout episodes where I'm like, yeah, I'm fully on her side about her feelings. Oh, I hope I'm not annoyed um, going through this second time. But, you know, and I also think um, one thing to mention that I don't think we did was just that Hazel kind of saw the whole interaction between um, Ellie and Marco while, uh, you know, he approaches her while she's reading the book. And that their picnic table is right next to right. Ellie's picnic table. And I think it's it's pretty implied that Hazel just suddenly got the idea like, oh, Marco's single, hot, nice, funny, whatever. Let me go mm. fucking f- shoot my shot. Like she was not thinking about Marco until she saw that exchange. Like mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> Andrea's delivery is really cute. Yes, it is. But there's something about like, Hazel's on the case or whatever it is. That's like a a glaring example of how not seriously they take this fucking character. Oh, totally. It's like, 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 what do we need? It like, just let's throw a wrench in whatever the plot is by putting Hazel in there. Cause Hazel's not doing shit. Let's just, you you know, she's a plot device. Like, let's just throw Hazel in there. And I mean, that's literally the, the inciting incident of why uh ellie decides to reveal her obvious crush for mark like it's not a new crush she's been crushing on marco and that is the inciting incident is because she sees hazel moving up on her man so she's Mm -hmm. like i need to throw my hat in the ring so to speak or i'm not going to i'm gonna miss out um it's just so, and, and I mean, obviously, I, I think it was stated, but they, they go out for coffee and not where at least he asks her for coffee. And, and that's we'll pretty, see where I mean, it goes from there. We see where it goes from there. I, just, I, I feel like they're in it for the long haul, probably. They're going to be Oh, totally. Forever. High school sweethearts. And way. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that's everything. I think that's everything. Yeah. So would you like to come with me once again, my dear, to the fashion (laughs) corner? Why, yes, my favorite corner. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Okay. But I think it's very notable. Mm Mm-hmm. Is Manny's fantasy sequence outfit where she's wearing this long, like, satiny white gown. Mm Mm-hmm. She's got a butterfly clip in her hair. She's got a butterfly clip, but like a fancy butterfly clip. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like sugar plum princess. It's like Mm -hmm. a it's like a Barbie outfit. Yeah, description of it. And like that's what it's giving. It's giving sugar plum princess. And like I don't know, I love it for what it is. Yes, and I mean the fact that they give Manny. Emma's scraps in regard to like fashion up until this point at least it's we haven't seen Emma in a similar outfit um I will go and I think it's also it's a good you know going back to what um Dylan was saying of Manny being kind of like stunted yes um and dreaming she's a princess like very princessy it is that's and i mean like the whole and having craig just be her you know dressed in a tux and he looks like a prince and you know he's he's leading her by arm and everything that yeah it's very princess and prince Mm -hmm. which is right where her psyche's at it's like it's a definitely a cute look it's i don't the costuming conveys a lot 
It does. It does. It definitely says a lot about how the character is feeling, even in a fantasy. And I, I feel like throughout this entire episode, Manny's glowing in a different way. I think mm-hmm. that it's possible that they've started putting makeup on Cassie. I'm not sure. But next to Emma, she's never looked this glowy before. And and just like, it's like an enhanced version of her natural glow. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I had to mention it. <laughs> and the outfit that she is wearing where I first noticed it, it's like a jean jacket, but it also has like blue pants and a like a large buckle on the front of it. Cause like whatever shirt she has on, she's hiding it because she's got her books really pressed mm-hmm. to her chest. And I think it's cute. I think it's the, the beginning of her having her own style that's not necessarily dependent on Emma. Yeah, which is lovely. Thank God. Speaking of Emma, mm-hmm. I love her black and white daisy pants. I thought that you were going to mention those pants. I mentioned the vest as just to say that she's got she's got a puffy vest thing. But yeah, that's not I do puffy. That's like a fleece vest. It's a all right. I was going to be diplomatic and just say sweater vest, but I like that better. It's a fleece vest. But she likes her vests. Okay, she's she's into her fleece, and because she wears fleece, it's and during her first Canada, date, they always <laughs> need. When I'm the first year I moved to Vermont, my mom got me this like hot pink vest from Old Navy for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I had never lived somewhere where like I needed a vest. Vests have always seemed stupid to me. And so like I put it on. I was such an asshole. I put it on and I wore it all day. And I was really excited at first because I thought like it was a hot pink coat, but then it was just a vest. Mm-hmm. And so I put it on and I wore it all day. And I would randomly be like, man, my core is nice and toasty, but my arms are wanting something more. And like every couple of presents that I opened, I would be like, is it sleeves? Which next year, Charlie for Christmas got me a six pack of sleeves. My first winter in Vermont, I came to appreciate the vest. And I think that the vest makes sense in Canada. They all wear a lot of vests. It does. It's just, for me, it's like an interesting combo. It's like, it's it's an interesting combo, but I'm feeling it. And I love her mom vibes. That's maybe that's why they dressed her like that. Cause it's like, oh, I've got to have the camera. I'm playing Spike. Got to have the camera. So the the, the daisy pants are cute and in conjunction with the, with the vest. I see you've got a picture of Hazel in here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Hazel's got this funky top. And I wanted to get, I, I got to get a picture of the back too, because she gets up and she's got like a coordinating belt. It's, I'm not sure what she's doing here. And I don't hate it. Yeah. But I don't love it. But it's one of those, like, it's worth talking about. It's worth a discussion. And yeah. it's like all of these different colored, like, bubbles, basically. Mm-hmm. Her pants um, are cute. Yeah, she's she got had, there, cute There's jeans no, on. Um, I love those. I think you know, the, like mud made those kind of mm-hmm. jeans, but it's just they don't have any back pockets. It's smooth right. ass, smooth ass jeans. Um, <laughs> they don't even have like the fake back pockets. There's no fake. Right, it's just smooth. There's no fake back pockets. No real back pockets. It's just smooth ass, smooth denim ass. That's that's the bottoms. And then she's got this funky top. Yeah, funky top. It's cute. But that was it's a cute. I know. I mean, right, like Tupac, as far as the Tupac, we've we've had better fashion moments, but we're we're keeping they on they're, they're, our, our iconic moments are they in can't front look of us great every day. Right. The iconic moments are in front of us, not behind us. I, we've got a lot of good stuff to go. 
And we've got a Heather Sinclair hypothesis for this episode. And I think that we just decided this before the recording, but in the scene where Marco was on the phone with Ellie walking across the parking lot to the bus stop, there is briefly, you've got to pause it. She's there for about two seconds. There is a, a blonde woman who walks behind Marco and she's in tinted sunglasses. So you can't really see her face. And that is Heather Sinclair. We, we hypothesize. hypothesize. <laughs> we'll add a picture of her, of potential Heather to the yes. socials. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think the, la the last segment for this episode is our uh, Shots Fired. Shots Fired. Yeah. I actually didn't really have many for this other than Ellie wanting to do a book report on a children's <laughs> alphabet book. You're like, oh, fuck you, fuck you, Ellie. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it makes me mad. Whatever. But you, I know you have some shots. I do. I have three. So in the scene where Ashley and Ellie are talking in, in the media immersion lab, Ellie is basically saying, it's weird. I've never felt this way before. And Ashley says, it's love. And Ellie responds with, it's not your business. Shut up. And... <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. I'm all for telling Ashley to shut up. And, and coincidentally, or incidentally, why I probably love that line so much is that it was a commercial. They made that a commercial on the end to advertise the season. Um, did they? They did. So that soundbite was on, was on that commercial. Um, my next one is Craig saying, after Manny asks him out, is Craig saying, like, oh, to a movie? Sure. Oh, you mean with you? I don't know. And then he pauses just enough to give her the shits. And then he's, and then he quickly says, I'm kidding. I'm right. kidding. And Manny's like, you so had me there. Like, bitch, don't lie. He, he entirely had you like, yeah. <laughs> and he was not something you thought was a joke. You thought <laughs> that your life was over. Um, and my last one, uh, no, I have two more. I don't know where my, my fourth one went, but I remember it. Um, him describing to the guys like like them asking oh was it hot and he's uh, about the date and craig says hot no i think the best way to describe our date would be bizarre <laughs> as a grown-ass woman that is not a good look <laughs> yeah that sucks and the last one i think you mentioned it briefly earlier no we skipped around it because it's just such a good line is uh after manny decorates craig's locker and she's like, you don't like it? And he's like, Manny, it's not my locker I don't like. It's you. And for me, the shots fired part of that line is uh, it's you. Because you could have just yeah. left it to implication that it's her without saying it. That's it dick move, Craig. She dick hasn't move, been Craig. picking up on the signs. Some people you got to be extra firm with, and perhaps that was his way of being extra firm. But damn, that hurt. That smart. Yeah, um, that hurt. I hurt for Manny. But yeah, those are the those are the shots fired. It's also worth noting that this episode is the beginning of Spinner's bleach blonde era, mm. which um. Or Hera, as I like to call them. <laughs> um, Spears got some hair throughout the series, uh, and does. this is one of his many looks. He does. We know my personal fave, that good Charlotte hair. Uh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, 
But so we've got to get into our shining stars and our super bummers for the episodes. Um, yes. So for mirror and bathroom, how do we feel? Who's who's the sh- uh, shining stars? I had Spinner and Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, Spinner because he's great with Terry. Even though he doesn't date her, just date her. It would be so much better Please just for everybody. Her. Oh my god. Um, and then Ashley because she's really good and supportive of toby and like actually looking out for him and caring yeah with an honorable mention to um jt Mm -hmm. and to armstrong yep that that was that's me too we're aligned i I feel like the um the honorable mention is apt i'm fine with ashley being up there and of course we've got to have our main man spin because he was holding it down for on um on terry's behalf so absolutely with those four pack i'm good on that super bummers oh my gosh do you have this like because i feel like i wasn't that bummed out Um, other than like page kind of Uh, muhammad is like a plot device he doesn't he doesn't he i mean he's around but he doesn't he's not really a character so it's not i looked on the wiki today to see if he fell into a black hole on this episode and no he's only in three he's, episodes right. and there's um, so we see him count. again after this yeah this we see third. him in message in a bottle okay cool well so um, he's not he's not black hole in it yet but he's not he's yet teetering it's, on coming. The edge. It's, it's coming um yeah. honestly i had toby just because he's being so like like it's not the eating disorder honestly it's not even the like hangry shit or the like sad boy shit he's so gross with kendra and nadia and i hate it caroline hates incels i do i do they're rightfully so and rightfully violent so. and gross yeah and i mean i get where you're coming from on that um i will not disagree i don't know if i necessarily it's it's because like i wouldn't put terry on there and I know that he, I think for you, it's just like that, that one scene is like, damn it, Toby, <laughs> that's well, fucking nasty. Also like being shitty to everybody and like whatever. He, he like, is. He's, he's, but it's mostly, it's that one scene. And I wouldn't yeah. put Terry there. I did give an honorable mention to Paige. Yes. I was going to say Paige. Paige, acu- accusations of being a thief. Like. Well, and then also, I would so wear that if I and was, I would so I yes, class. like I, yes, that is a backhanded compliment. You know, it what is you're certainly doing. a backhanded compliment because so, you yes. could buy that mini skirt in your size. Like it you could be totally buy that one. In your size. But, yeah, she was being a little uh, a little dick. Um, yeah, I'm good on that. Those two as super bummers because. So, who are your shining stars for um, "Take My Breath Away"? Because I really struggled on that um yeah so i i would i feel like for me it was liberty and it was emma i feel like more so emma because of the fact that she is so trying to prevent her friend from getting hurt that she is trying to be as delicate as possible it's not easy to have these talks she's trying to be Mm -hmm. as delicate as possible to pull her back from her feelings and offer her some perspective so that she doesn't get hurt and i think liberty's just very supportive you know and sweet and she did not 
bum me out you know the fact that like her little line saying two things that craig has two things yes. i love like punctuality and i think personality my two, fa- no, my two favorite qualities passion and punctuality passion no, passion and punctuality. Was I, she was cute and i mean i, I thought I, they were both good i just didn't think they really shined i don't know if they shine but i mean like for me it's i i was more irritated with all like so many people in this episode yeah. i was just like you know the the, sh- the 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 bright spot in this annoying ass episode was was liberty and emma um you know if we're working the, uh, with your canon that marco is like fucking with ellie um then i would call him a shining star i didn't put him in that category because i was like how are you this stupid you're like you're but, like oh, fuck like are you that fucking stupid no um but yeah no, like, I, like my that's my head cover, that's so my head can and it's just that he wanted her <laughs> yeah all right let's throw him in there you're, you're like your, you uh, like it claps and snaps for that marco <laughs> who are your super bummers craig ellie <laughs> um honestly manny, manny. yeah manny's yeah. in there because manny what the fuck just talk to the boy throw him a bone jesus craig as well stop being such a dick craig stop being so blunt and but like also continue to be blunt because i mean don't be wishy-washy but damn right. have a little tact um uh, yeah and ellie she just annoys the shit out of me yeah <laughs> she just annoys the shit out of me ellie i love you so much and it's really throwing me for a loop that i'm suddenly starting to get annoyed with you and i and i kind of hope it doesn't continue but in this episode gosh you it's my you fault bum me I... out you bum me out <laughs> yeah yeah no oh, wait, i don't have um, any disagreements there i'll i'll tack on if we're being generous toward this the shining stars i'll tack ashley on there because i think that she was again supportive towards ellie and just being like oh i didn't even know you liked anyone you know it's love like she's not being negative which in this episode is where where it's rare in this episode to not find some negativity around every corner so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw ashley in there all right yeah yeah she's throwing her in there i'm good i'm good on that now you're in a good mood this week i am in a good Um, mood this week (laughs) yay i love that for you (laughs) thank you um i guess all that's really left is to ask the age-old question does it go there does it go there does it go there? Um. <laughs> all right. So obviously, near the, the bathroom, fucking slaps there. Goes there. It, it does. I've yes, mirror in the bathroom, a hundred percent goes there. Um, I would say on both both plots. I mean, obviously on Toby's plot, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to say it goes there on uh, Terry's plot because she claps back, and it's very it's powerful and it's also the resolution kind of of it's like terry reclaiming her power and yeah. asserting that you know maybe she's not 100 percent happy with herself self-esteem wise she's not gonna let you shit all over her right. and i love that for her so i'm gonna say that mirror in the bathroom it goes there um take my breath away not so does much. not no 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 no, I don't okay. even think it, it doesn't. I, I, right. And I don't think it attempts to go there necessarily. I think it's no. just a, a fun episode. Um, 
and it does to get I mean, annoyed it too. Us, it gives us some like plot development. We yes, you know, structural, but but yeah. no, it's not. It's, there are no yeah. stakes in this episode. Very little, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week, we're shaking things up a little bit to avoid splitting up white wedding. Join us as we talk about love, strippers, and perhaps the worst hairdo to ever grace Degrassi. This episode of your mom's podcast was made possible in part by Choco Lax, Sheila Sauce, and support from listeners like you. And we'd like to take just a moment to thank our Patreon subscribers, Alika Fenderson, Octavia Faith, June Bard, Margo Mancini and A Butts. Thank you Thank so you. much for your support. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YM Podcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Podcast. You can also visit our website at www.podcast.com. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash yourmomspodcast. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Bing, 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 bing.